Maybe big data has gotten too big. Whether you're a B2B marketer or a consumer brand, your data needs to be viable, relevant, and accessible so that Starista can help you retain customers, acquire customers, and make it personal. Welcome to the Marketing Stir Podcast by Starista, probably the most entertaining marketing podcast you're going to put in your ear. I'm Kevin, the producer here at Starista. The goal of this podcast is to chat with industry leaders and get their take on the current challenges of the market. Maybe we'll have a little fun along the way. In today's episode, Travis Talent, VP SEO at Brain Labs, joins us to discuss his company's unique approach to statistical modeling and analysis and how being part of a high growth company has put him at the crossroads of tech, business, and creativity. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Starista's The Marketing Stir. That voice means it's me, your host, Vincent Petrofessa, the Vice President of B2B Products and Partnerships here at Starista. It is so good to be talking to you. If you're watching us on YouTube, I'm beautifully lit today. I've got my flannel on. It's one of those days here in New York City. It's flannel weather. And yes, so it's nice. I'm here. We're rocking it out. Let's talk about Starista just for a few seconds. That's all. We don't take advertising in this podcast. We're just talking about Starista so you know who we are if you're listening for the first time. If you are, welcome. If you're listening and been with us through 170-ish episodes, thank you. We love you. I love you. Strista, we are a marketing technology company. We own our own business-to-business data, our own business-to-consumer data. We help companies utilize that data to get new customers. Aren't those great? Through our own technology, our own ESP, our own DSP, that's an email sending platform, demand-side platform, display, OTT, connected TV, email me, vincent at starista.com. Thank you for emailing me. Is it always for what I intend it to be? No, but that is the risk I take when I give all of you my email. It's okay. Thank you for emailing me. Thank you for coming up to me at different conferences. It's conference season. Thank you for telling me how much you love me, how much you love AJ. Thank you for sometimes telling me how much you love him more. And it hates me to say that, but it's okay. It's all right. I get it. I get it. He's the CEO. He's the ideas guy. I'm just as I'm just the, the flash, apparently. No, I'm more than that. Maybe. Anyway, speaking of that, the brains, my co-host, Mr. AJ Gupta. What's going on, AJ? Hey, Vincent. Uh, yeah, I, I think I'm the face of the podcast and you're the voice of the podcast as I hear a lot. So. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, I have a face for radio, apparently, as people uh, people tell me or you tell me. But yeah, a lot of people are like, I reckon I get that a lot, actually, where people are like, I recognize that voice. I'm like, okay, great. Thank you. But yeah, it's uh, people do. Do people come up to you at trade shows now? It's been interesting. So trade shows, but also uh, some of the spouses of our employees that have absolutely nothing to do with marketing. And they'll be like, oh, I was listening to this episode or I'll get a text from a friend saying, oh, this is a pretty cool brand. And like, do you listen to the podcast? So definitely. Yeah, it it fascinates me. You know what fascinated me the most, I think, about this podcast is hearing as we do orientations here for new employees each you know every like six months or so there are a lot of employees like oh i already know who you are i learned so much about the podcast i actually heard about starista from the podcast i would have never thought it was just like an hr tool as well 
So uh, pretty cool, pretty cool. We're doing some, some cool things here. Talking about pretty cool, let's talk about our next guest. I immediately like this guy, I immediately like him. He's fun, if you're tuning in again on YouTube, you're gonna see a fun shirt, you're gonna see a fun background. He's a fun guy. He is coming to New York City in the uh, next week. Doesn't have time for me, we'll let that slide, but he's in and out, you know, some great meetings. He's all business, this guy. No, he's fun, he's fun, he's business and fun. Ladies and gentlemen, you're gonna love this episode. A warm welcome to the Vice President SEO. I know it's a, it's a crazy title. Who has SEO in their title? Someone who's really good at it, and we're gonna to get to know that. VP SEO at Brain Labs, Travis Talent. What's going on, Travis? Hello, hello. Thanks for having me. Pleasure to be here. It's great to have you. Uh, I'm sorry I made you feel a little bit bad there about not coming to see me in New York, but uh, <laughs> you know it's like yeah, w w way to treat the guest and uh, and guilt him into uh, I'm like an Italian mother. I'm like my mother <laughs> who always guilts me. But yeah, Travis, it, it's great to have talked to you and, and and have met you. Talk to us about. I love your title. Like how many people I've never seen. I don't know if AJ, you ever seen it. SEO right in the title. You know that something special if it's like oh are they good at seo well it's in my title here's my business card you know if people still use those i do but travis tell us about first of all tell us about brain labs and then within your role within the organization yeah absolutely so so brain labs is a a tech and data uh full service digital media company we're about a thousand people across the globe in 14 countries um, and, and my role as VP of SEO is to lead the SEO um, search engine optimization and CRO conversion rate optimization teams. Uh, it's about 50 people globally right now. Um, and uh, that means that I get to build the vision for the product and then work with our account teams to, to activate that, make sure they have the appropriate talent, tech, tools, uh, process to do their jobs exceptionally well. Uh, to your point, I don't know of many other folks who have uh, the VP of SEO as as their job title. Uh, I can probably count three that I know of. Uh, it's fun to to have that uh, have that title. It also makes it challenging when you're you know going into salary negotiations or that type of stuff because. Uh, I am the average, I, I, I suppose, in, in, in that small sample. <laughs> that, that's awesome. It's like you could start like your own like professional group of VP of like SEO in the title. It's like your own like organization there. That's, uh, that's cool. Yeah. It's like, how do you look that up on like a salary.com or something where you're like, you know, there's one of a kind, well, maybe you just get to dictate it. You just, you could just dictate yeah, it. Yeah, basically. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> so Travis, talk to us about how you got into marketing in the first place. Yeah. So I, uh, I went to school at CU Boulder um, and I was in the Boulder startup scene. It's a beautiful place to start a, uh, start a startup. Lots of funding, lots of mentors, lots of great business minds from academia and, and outside of academia. And my first startup was a universal scholarship platform where students could complete one, uh, one scholarship application uh, and then any companies looking to give scholarships, any organizations looking to give scholarships 
would be able to sync up all of their information, their data, and um, uh, it was it was a seamless process for both the end users as well as the organizations to sift through all of those applications. Through that, not only was I in charge of leading the product, so in essence, building a search engine for students to be able to search for those scholarships, uh, I was also in charge of um, the startup's own own marketing. And uh, that that really had me learn the ins and outs of Google advertising, Facebook advertising, SEO, as well as offline advertising and, and learning the importance of building that type of community to, to support that, that startup. After that, as most startups go, uh, uh, we ended up disbanding shortly after I graduated. And from there, I joined WPromote, um, which is uh, a, a great agency. Uh, and the first three, mo- three, three months of, of my joining, they put you through a really intense training program where you learn from the best of the best of uh, Google ads, paid social ads, uh, as well as SEO. And after going through that training program, I decided SEO was was the best fit for me. Travis, you know, I get more emails about SEO services than any other product. So if uh, somebody's young trying to get into SEO, what advice would you have for them? Great question. I for for me, uh, what I love about SEO is it's it's really a black box. So uh, if someone enjoys living in a world of testing and experimentation and creativity as as well as technical skills like development, or any of those things are interesting, either holistically or individually, then SEO is a really great area to to lean into. Um, so I, I I think step number one is really just kind of uncovering what your interests are, um, and then two, uh, reading industry publications like Moz, um, Search Engine Journal, Search Engine Watch. Um, the LinkedIn has has uh, also some really really great SEO minds. Um, feel free to follow me, and then and then go and see who else I follow, and and uh, you'll you'll absolutely find some some awesome SEOs uh, to to learn from. Just talk to us a little bit about what the term SEO automation means and what, what's the problem it's solving. Historically, SEO has always been uh, a one-to-one service. I would, I would relate this to something like a lawyer. Um, you're very much limited by how many human hours can you put into this activity. Um, and it is a challenge. It's a challenge for companies to scale because you need to hire more and more people. Um, it's also a challenge to um, uh, prove that value and get that investment because uh, SEO is usually a black box and you're 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 working from theories. So SEO automation solves that in that you are able to automate at scale repetitive tasks. So things like um, you know coming through the site to identify which keyword should belong on each page, we can automate that. Coming through the site to identify which canonical URLs should belong on each page, we can automate that. Uh, so SEO automation is especially important for very large websites, usually in the e-commerce space. Uh, but there's a lot of automation, especially with the the likes of um, GPT, you can do for for heavy content sites as well. And Travis, I, I 
I almost promise you this will be the last time I say SEO. Well, no, maybe one or two more times. <laughs> but it's I know we're getting like you know the, the nitty gritty on this. But you're here. We have the expert. So, what is the role of data in SEO automation? Ooh, I I love this question. I I, I think I'll make my uh, my VP of of data very happy when I say this. Uh, at the core of it, data data is at the at the heart of SEO automation. Without data, you really can't do SEO automation, um, at least very well. Uh, and what I mean by that is uh, the the first layer of automation is uh, you know trying to figure out how do we automate something that is um, super tedious and 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 make a manual process automated. But how you really advance that is by identifying and adding in an extra layer of um, what I would say data thresholds. And when you're able to say, uh, only automate this task if this product page has a certain number of products on it, uh, or only has um, this certain number of ranking, uh, or performance, or whatever else, uh, data really feeds that engine to, um, to make that automation more of a flywheel as opposed to just a, a one-off project automation. Uh, and we're, uh, when, when, I, when I speak to my VP of, of, of data, Roger uh, Aris, about this, uh, he and I are aligned that data really is the, the future as it, as it comes to marketing. Um, any large enterprise brand in every RFP and any big conversation, they're always asking, what can I do with all of this data? And how can I make this data work harder for me? Uh, because all of these companies have vast amounts of data and where the, the exciting part and the challenge comes in is how can I make the most use of that available data? Yeah, no, it makes sense. You know, as, as a member of a data company, I could not agree more with Roger. Shout out to Roger there at uh, Brain Labs. <laughs> Maybe we'll get an, uh, a new listener because of that. Thank you, Travis. So, talk, but talk to us about you also lead a team, right? Did you say 50, uh, you know, a team of 50 plus employees globally? What leadership strategies and insights have you found like most useful in that process? Ooh, I love this question. For, for me, empathy is really at the, at the core. Uh, and being able to understand what each employee's goals, motivations, learn more about their, uh, you know, their skill set, their desires, what, what do they feel they're good at, what do they feel like they're not good at. And when you have that foundational relationship with any employee, you start to feel like you're on the same team. And when you feel like you're on the same team, you can begin to achieve outsized results because all of a sudden asking for someone to do this really crazy idea uh, then becomes exciting and not annoying. And um, I, at, the, at the core of my leadership, that's ultimately what I, what I strive for is how can I build close relationships with people um, so we can do the best work of our careers uh, when we're ultimately able to work together and as I like to say, build our dragon slayer stories. Uh, I want them to, uh, you know, have those stories in the back of their mind where 20, 30 years from now, they're at a dinner table chatting with friends and they could say, I did this really cool thing 
for this really cool brand like Adidas or uh, you know some other well-known brand, Otterbox, Cirque Soleil, and that that is what excites me about that. Travis, uh, tell us about you know what are some of the uh, ideal client profiles that uh, you guys are going after, and uh, the certain industries that make more sense than others. Yeah, great, great question. So Brain Labs is industry agnostic uh, in, intentionally. And the reason why we're industry agnostic is because uh, we believe that there are lessons to be learned across every industry. And if you niche down in one specific industry, and that industry is possibly sluggish, just as an industry like financial or you know car dealerships, both of them are typically well behind on tech investment and that type of stuff, um, then the, the marketing strategy tends to follow and also be sluggish. So by being industry agnostic, we're really able to take learnings from multiple industries and apply them in a way that is very smart and um, can ultimately move that one particular uh, brand or client forward, regardless of their industry. Uh, in terms of our ideal client profiles, um, we're we're enterprise. Um, so we we focus on companies that are typically fifty million plus in revenue, uh, if not um, if not significantly more. And uh, what's really fun about that is enterprise companies. Uh, what you find is they typically tend to get in their own way. And we are exceptionally good at building business cases and working with our client partners to help remove red tape, to help build better workflows so uh, we can actually move their marketing initiatives forward. And then in terms of you know, being in a very competitive space, how do you uh, distinguish yourself from others in the space? Tech and data, again, going back to the importance of, of data and what we do, um, tech and data has always been at the core of what Brain Labs is. And, and a bit of our ethos is uh, we wanted to build an agency that started with software developers and statisticians and then build a marketing agency around them. And we believe that if we uh, have that ethos in what we do, we can build technology that can outperform the industry. And we can also come up with insights that are um, that that allow us to drive any type of media forward, paid media, earned media, uh, and and that is uh, what ultimately separates us uh, in in the industry. The other thing you'll find is um, we're very proud of the product integrations that we that we have built. Many large agencies, um, holding companies, uh, uh, holding holding companies especially struggle with that type of product integration. They don't know how to pull in paid search with organic search or uh, you know, influencer strategy with SEO strategy. And we're, we're, we've been built around that integration and we're doing some really, really amazing stuff uh, where we can pull in insights from all of these various channels and ultimately um, uh, put put forward a holistic marketing strategy that is very compelling and and very smart and ultimately drives results. You talked about it earlier, and I think everyone's talking about it, right? It's like how people were talking about the cookie about three years ago. Uh, every time, 
AI, right? Have you guys ad adopted it into some of the things you're doing there, the solutions, the way you're marketing? Talk to us about it. Yeah, I mean, it, I I wrote an article uh, that was that was titled "2023 is when generative AI uh, the the Pandora box opened," um, and it's so true. I mean, before um, this year, very few CEOs knew of this technology. Very few CEOs were asking their marketing agencies about this technology. But the crazy thing is, this technology has been around since 2018, um, and we. Uh, we're lucky enough to have already been working with some clients on using GPT-1 and GPT-2 um, to uh, automate some task, uh, as well as uh, you know generate content around product categories and product pages and and that type of stuff. Um, so I definitely feel like we were a bit ahead of the curve uh, in terms of how do we integrate it into our workflows, but. Uh, just like everyone else, I think we were all surprised at how quickly it came to the forefront of the conversation late last year when OpenAI launched ChatGPT. Um, so uh, the exciting part of this is we can build on any of the existing workflows or ideas or products that we've already built. And GPT 3.5 and 4 are so much more powerful. They're a huge leap forward. Uh, that we're finding new and cool ways to integrate them into our workflows moving forward. So everything from how can we use them to uh, develop code for things like calculators that we can then use to uh, uh, go get backlinks through offsite SEO, all the way over to how can we use GPT uh, to automate content creation or title tag creation or uh, 301 redirects so on and so forth. And um, we're, we're doing some really, really cool stuff with these enterprise brands to, again, make sure that they're staying ahead of that curve uh, and, and not falling uh, be, be behind in the overarching industry. Yeah, no, it's very interesting to see a lot of companies have been uh, adopting in their own little ways. You know, I know some of our, you know, maybe our, our sales team is using it to prospect a little bit better and say, hey, these are some current customers I have, what are other companies like that? You know, give me a list of this. So it's been, yeah, I think, you know, you're finding companies utilize it in different ways. Some kind of going all in, some just dipping their toe in the water. So yeah, it's uh, interesting to hear. So I wanna talk about something you mentioned in the beginning while kind of talking about your experience and how you got into this industry, which is rare in the sense that majority of our guests or like I studied religion and now I'm in marketing or they're like, you know, I was a philosophy major who used to do hacky sack and now I'm in marketing. Like, you know, people, it's all different stories, but you, you actually were in it and you've primarily been at high growth companies. I don't know, you know, you just kind of go after that, you luck a little bit of it as well, but what kind of draws you to that type of company or business? On a personal level, I, I, I have a growth mindset and I really enjoy being better tomorrow than I am today. And I especially enjoy looking back a year from now and seeing how much I've developed and how much I've accomplished within that year. Um, <clears throat> and on a, on a, outside of the personal level, being at a company where that's kind of their whole motive and their whole ethos is uh, to grow not 5% or 10% year over year, but 20, 30, 40, 50% year over year, 
Um, what I've seen happen is that unlocks so much career potential for folks and uh, someone can dramatically change their life in a matter of a few years being a part of a high growth company entering at a stage where you know they're making 40 or 50,000 a year uh, and in some cities that's scraping by and uh, within two to three years they come in they crush it they prove value um, they're easily in the six figures and they're buying their first house and you know having their first kid. And um, being a leader in that type of organization, it's just so much more exciting uh, be, because you get to see that type of personal growth and you get to see the reward of that type of personal growth in, in such a big way. Um, so I, I, I think uh, both on a personal level as well as a professional level, I'm just really attracted to, uh, to those types of high growth companies. Travis, so we like to get to know people at a more personal level as well as because part of the concept of the podcast when we started, it was we were meeting somebody over coffee. So we'd love to know what do you like to do in your free time outside of marketing? Yeah, uh, I, I wish I had some coffee right now. Um, <laughs> Uh, I I uh, I have lots of hobbies, uh, as as only any good Coloradan would would say. Uh, I love being outdoors, uh, so I I bike all the time. I was involved in a um, a fifty mile mountain bike charity event uh, for Children's Hospital Colorado this past summer, um, and uh, I absolutely plan on doing that again in the future. Just so much fun. Um, I also play the saxophone in a local. Uh, in in a local LGBTQ plus and ally community band, we're about 200 people strong. We just played in uh, in Denver's Ellie Cockins Opera House, which is um, the second largest performing arts center uh, in the U.S. The only one that's bigger is in New York City. Uh, so that was that was such an honor to to play in su such such a beautiful place and stage. Um, and then last but not least, uh, I really enjoy spending time with friends and family. Uh, and I have a very uh, dear to me retired show cat um, who is very high maintenance and, and uh, takes up probably way more time than most other people's cats. That's funny. My cats occasionally make a podcast appearance, but uh, by and large, they uh, keep to themselves. <laughs> And I got to say, one of the coolest uh, bands that I ever saw was in Colorado in the uh, Red Rock. Uh, Red Rocks, it's a pretty wonderful arena. It was uh, Bare Naked Ladies, but they put on quite the show. And I think the whole atmosphere and ambience there is uh, second to none. So you guys are lucky to have that place. Absolutely. Yeah, you you can't go wrong with any concert at Red Rocks. Like, I... Every summer, I'm I'm usually at least going to five, if not ten, and it's just a magical experience every uh every every summer. So, Travis, the last question for me: I'm sure you get a lot of messages on LinkedIn, and would love to know what's one that gets a response from you, and what is one that really annoys you. Ah, uh, you know, if if I'm being honest, um. LinkedIn messages have gotten a, a bit uh, crazy these days. Um, so, I, in general, my 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 happiness toward them is is maybe not the the highest. But one that will always get my attention is someone who um, 
has done their homework and you know is is reaching out uh, because my interest or um, something that they think will benefit me is aligned with their interest. Um, I don't enjoy folks who just cold email and it's very obvious that they copy and paste it from something else. Sometimes even getting my name wrong. I've been called Patrick or David or, uh, and it's very obvious, like you didn't do your homework. Right. Um, so I, I, I always enjoy that. And then I also think, um, something that drives me nuts is sending a connection request and then immediately sending me, uh, and, and ask like, Again, interact with my post, comment, like, uh, give it a little bit of time, right? Like, you know, I, I want to I wanna have a few coffees first before uh, I, I, I get that cold email. Um, so yeah, the, that's, that's, uh, the, those are my recommendations if you are to reach out. Um, and then last but not least, anyone who is interested in learning about SEO, um, anyone who's interested in uh, an opportunity at Brain Labs or you know wants wants a senior level um, per, per perspective on their career, more than happy to help. I would say, especially if uh, you're in a minority group, a woman, person of color, LGBTQ plus, more than happy to to help. So so uh, you know we can um, we can build the the future that we ultimately want to build in this industry. Uh, but yeah, please, please don't pitch me your, your, uh, latest and greatest tech idea. I get, I get tons of those every day. Yeah. I was going to say, Vincent, uh, yesterday I got a message on LinkedIn, somebody, I don't know, it's a insurance, uh, salesperson, I think. And it said, I'm waiting for you at La Cantera, which is one of the nicer hotels here at 11 AM. And it like really confused me. <laughs> I had to like search my emails that I agree to meet, but Never heard of the guy. And then, you know, 30 minutes later, it said, I guess you're not showing up. <laughs> I'm still pretty confused. I have so many follow-up questions, but I'm afraid to add them <laughs> to my LinkedIn. Wow, that is that is an aggressive tactic, if I if I must say. <laughs> you should have called their bluff. I'm like, are you really there? Uh, that would be, you know, and if he's like, yes, I'm watching you right now. I could see you in your office. That's crazy. You know. Travis, you said so many like funny things that made me smile about your hobbies. A retired show cat, that's awesome. As in like your cat was in like pageants? <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, basically. So um, cat shows are a little bit different than dog shows. So that, you know, dog shows, they, uh, they, they get to do some tricks and they run around. Cat shows, it's literally just how pretty is the cat? Um, and, uh, so yeah, my, my cat's name is bear and he won second in the world for his, uh, for his breed, which is Siberian. Um, and then after he won his award, his previous owner, uh, felt like she got everything she could out of him and, uh, wanted to, uh, find him a new home. And, uh, I feel so lucky to have found him. The other thing I'll say is, um, show cats are, exceptionally well-behaved because they're used to traveling. They're used to getting, you know, picked up and held and their teeth shown and played with. So um, he's absolutely the best cat I've ever had and, and ever have met in my entire life and just an absolute sweetheart. But um, yeah, it acts more like a baby at times than, than a cat. 
Yeah, that's awesome. I uh, I know you're you're traveling. You're not at home or else I would say, you know, the I could hear our podcast listeners like, well, let's see that cat. We need to see that cat. <laughs> that's uh, that's awesome. And then I love. Yeah, the the I love that you play in in uh, in a band, uh, you know, the band you were referencing that's here in New York City. It, I'm uh, they play every Halloween. So I, I'm looking forward to seeing the uh, the band and my children hearing the band. It's so it's so fun. That's awesome. So, you know, we're almost done here. Oh, one other thing I want to talk about Red Rocks. Yes, I, I never you, you were talking about Colorado outdoors. I remember going to Red Rocks and it wasn't even a it wasn't a concert, but me and my buddies were there to see the Giants play the Broncos. And I was just fascinated and how many people were just working out in Colorado. How many people were just at the Red Rocks working out it looked like couples. And I was like, there's no way I'm ever going on a first date or any date where I'm working out with anyone. But uh, I just was like, just fascinated with it. I haven't done a concert there, AJ. Uh, I have to check it out. But, you know, next time. So, Travis, just a final thought. Anything you want to leave us with, leave the listeners with, uh, you, you, you know, to read, you know, check out Brain Labs, ladies and gentlemen. If you do check out Travis, get his name right. Travis Talent. It's a great name. It's a, it's a great name. You know, go by those rules that he mentioned. So, Travis, just a, a closing thought you'd like to leave us with. Anything about SEO, yourself, the industry, anything you're reading. The floor is yours. Marketing is a is a thankless industry. Usually, when you when you beat the objective, uh, the the goalpost just moves, and uh, it, it's 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 difficult to get those thank yous. So, I've always found that the best teams work when everyone is kind, and and every everyone uses more thank yous than they than it, it feels natural to. Uh, it's really important to build that community. So that's thought one. Thought two, my my final thought is um, SEO is no longer about algorithms, keywords, or rankings. It's really about the core of marketing, which is understanding the human intent behind every search and what what platform they're ultimately searching for. And as marketers uh, and as SEOs, our job is to, uh, in essence, understand where is that audience, where are they searching, and how can we ultimately build a compelling enough strategy, brand story to get them excited and motivated uh, about that particular brand. I love it. Great thoughts. Ladies and gentlemen, that's Travis Talent, VP SEO, Brain Labs. Check out Brain Labs, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Vincent Petrofessa. That's AJ Gupta. This has been another episode of Starista's The Marketing Stir. Thank you so much, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to The Marketing Stir podcast from Starista please like, rate, and subscribe. If you're interested in being a guest on the podcast, please email us at themarketingstir at starista.com. And thanks for listening.